Hello, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Fence. I'm Charlotte, one of your hosts. I'm sitting here with Phoenix, another host. Hello. And we have David and Johnny here, your usual suspects. What's up, guys? What's up? <laughs> um, so thanks for coming back, everybody. We took last week off for uh, the events that were happening here in the U.S. and around the world, and we wanted to make sure that their voices were heard over ours. So we decided last week to stay quiet, but we've had a week to think, and our minds have been turning, and we want to talk about it now. So Absolutely. today, we're going to talk about George Floyd, the Black Lives Movement, and what that has to do with jail. So And prison. And prison. For sure. Well, this is Phoenix. I kind of wanted to give... I'll I'll, put, I'll give my two cents and I kind of want everyone to hop in and as we kind of go um, and touch on this topic. So for those of you who don't know about the death of George Floyd, I don't know how you don't, but if you don't, no shame. We'll kind of walk you through what happened. Um, so he was pulled over um, and I believe the offense was f- a, f- a fake $20 bill, fake $20 bill, yeah. counterfeit money. And uh, he got pulled over. He did resist. And there has been footage that was released. Um, He did resist arrest initially, but it in turn led to um, an officer putting his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck for eight minutes, I believe, in 40, 36 seconds, something along those lines, which in turn led to his death. Um, That ended up turning into um, a bigger movement, which is the Black Lives Matter movement, which is not new to American history, but is 100% needed to be brought back up. This is one of many deaths that have happened due to excessive law uh, enforcement force, but it's a bigger issue as a whole as how one minority um, in our country has been treated unfairly uh, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And we kind of took a, a break, like we said, yep. uh, just to really focus all media attention towards that. But um, I think it's time to talk about it and yeah. really talk about our stance on it and, and where we're at. And personally, guys, like jump in on how you feel. I, 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 I can't even imagine how you both feel. We might all have differing views. But for me, it was really interesting because I grew up in a conservative home. Mm-hmm. So... I, at first, honestly, didn't take the Black Lives Matter movement that serious. Right. And this opened my eyes to a lot. Yeah. No, I agree. And for me, like, just because I've been to jail and stuff, I've, and Johnny's mentioned this before, I've always had the utmost respect for cops. Um, A lot of guys in jail, you see, they just hate on all cops, anything related to it. But for me, I've always respected, supported law enforcement um, and, you know, every now and then you'll hear cases like this that go on and it's, it's tough to see because it almost, at least I feel like in light of what's going on now, it gives, it sheds a bad light on all police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, you hate to see that, especially I, I imagine being a police officer and seeing that happen and now knowing what people feel like you as a whole, because of one guy or four, you know, three or four guys, the decisions that they made and how it's impacting the entire world right now um, with the riots going on and protests going around all around the whole world, not even just America. It's, it's kind of crazy. 
Right. Do you think, I mean, the argument too, right? So for me, I 100% respect law enforcement as well. But I also believe that when you put on a uniform, you know, you're risking your life every single day. And I believe the argument too, on the other side is they risk their lives every day, and it's not their job. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is, you know, in black people as a whole, whether you call people African American, black, I mean, whatever. POC is the term. People of color. People of color. Great. So whatever the term may be, the counter argument is, hey, you're here to protect and serve. There have been many that aren't doing so. You're not weeding them out. And now we're taking matters into our own hands as the people. Um, So it's a really interesting take. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see that video on YouTube for, it like took like in, took place in Van Nuys, like in the Valley here in LA. Um, And it was this news anchor who was, um, they pulled up to the curb and there was these guys going in to loot like a liquor store. And the guys that owned the liquor store came out with guns, like saying, no, you're not coming in here. And there was a couple of people of color that, that um, defended the store owners and were saying, no, get out of here, get out of here. And this was all caught on camera. And the police finally came and they, didn't go after the looters. They arrested the people of color that were defending the store owners. And I think it was kind of a testament to what's happening and what really this movement is about, in my opinion. Yeah. I noticed that because they had to fly down the police officers. And when they, when they showed up, you know, granted a couple of cops were white, but they, they were the, the news anchor was trying to tell them, look, they're getting away. This is their car. They're driving right there. Yeah. And I felt like maybe one cop may have gone there, but they were so focused on detaining the people in front of the pawn shop. Right. And the cop just kept saying, calm down, calm down, come over here. Just explain to me what you saw. And she's like, dude, they're getting away. Yeah. Like you're, why are you detaining them? They're getting away. And it's the, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny with the LAPD, um, in general, Yeah. but that was kind of tough to watch. Um, you know, and even a part of George Floyd, this is a whole nother thing, but the whole Breonna Taylor, another name they're shouting yeah. and her situation. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it would be definitely very hard to be a police officer right now, even more than usual um, with everything that's going on. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think life is like? I mean, I don't know if you guys probably have friends that are still incarcerated. I don't know if you keep in touch with them, but what do you think with all of this revolution that's happening, people are saying inside the jails yeah behind behind bars behind the fence (laughs) um like do you think that they i mean is media censored if you're behind the bars are they seeing what's happening no so they yeah no i actually have a friend who he's in a federal prison or, or no he's actually in ice um and they they watch the news he called me last night and saying he was tripping out on everything that's going on they have all the news channels in there um I'm sure there's, it's a difficult time because they also have coronavirus going on, but I guarantee, I mean, I would not be surprised if it sparked more of a outlash against the correction officers. And because usually when you're in jail or you're an inmate, Mm -hmm. anybody who's law enforcement, correctional officer, jail guard, police, they're all the man. So they're all essentially the enemy. So um, I would not be surprised if there was a lot more riots and, stuff going on but i haven't talked to people who have seen that the couple guys i've talked to inside said not much has changed but where they are at there's not a lot of black guys in there so i'm not sure if that's 
you know, that could be part of it. But um, I don't know. They definitely see what's going on out here. Shawnee, what's what's your take on all this? Because a lot of the time um, I notice you and David have differing views, which is really refreshing for me. But I'm I'm interested to see where your head's at with everything that's been going on. Um, I think it's, it's sad. Um, I feel bad for, for black people. I think it's, it's unfair how they've been treated for a long time. And it's not, I feel bad for both sides, I guess, because it's not all black people. It's not all cops, you know, it's people need to get to a point where they're mature enough to have discernment and understand that there's that everyone's different, regardless of what color creed job you have like not all cops are bad just because this one guy choked a dude out but at the same time not all blacks are criminals just because that cop maybe had a bad run-in with a black dude before whatever it was you know so it's frustrating uh i think it's it's cool to see people finally taking notice maybe people that hadn't in the past i know that i had experienced it you know i would i definitely got shown love in the courtrooms and you see people kids my age who were black who had the same charge as me and they're getting way more time than I am you know it it definitely there's definitely things that need to be resolved as far as the court system for race and how sentencings work because we're we're human and it's natural to just judge people by the color of their skin but we need to get to a point where we can look past that and judge people based on the the uh the resume they've put together you know the mistakes they've made or whatever And I think that's honestly part of the problem is that it's, you know, everyone's screaming it's racism, it's racism, but it's not like proficiently racism. You know what I mean? Like, like you judge people, but like, you don't really mean to judge people. Like in your head, you kind of go, oh, wait, this guy's prejudice. It's prejudice, but it's not like, like you don't mean it to be. Well, for some people, I think a lot of it is a generalization, right? We have this understanding of what it is, but we really, we really do and don't. And I made this point to a friend of mine the other day, and it's like, this is my personal take on it and I'll get roasted for it, but Hey, it's our podcast. (laughs) Um, I firmly believe that we are intelligent humans, right? Like there's the younger generation that is going to go ahead and make decisions and say things off of emotion. And then once you start to ease your way into adulthood, I think Johnny says something great discernment, right? For me, I'm an adult now and the, the decisions I make in my career and how I react to things is the same way how I should react to things that are political, social, whatever movements they may be. And that's kind of how I took this situation. I knew there was an injustice here. I didn't know how far it spread to, but I knew that if change was supposed or needed to be made, it could not be through looting and it could not be through violence personally, mm-hmm. because in my experience, nothing out of those actions ended up being a long-term reward or instilled change that needed to happen. Yeah. And what's interesting is I had this conversation is, you know, racism isn't new, right? Mm-hmm. So we've made amazing steps in the right direction um, through the civil rights movement, through Martin Luther King, through a lot of different things that have happened And we have grown and we have learned a lot. So I'm not going to completely forget about all the progress we've made just because this 
awful thing happened, but that also means there is plenty of room to grow and Mm -hmm. to improve. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we need to really sit back and realize, okay, let's acknowledge all the, the, the incredible things we've done, but there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. If that makes sense. Right. Did you know that George Floyd and the office, the arresting officer, uh, knew each other they used to work for together. 17 years and they, they didn't get together. along yeah so like they yeah it says that they weren't necessarily friends but they definitely like were acquaintances and knew i mean each you other, would know so. someone if you both I worked at the same them. place for 17 years they, he worked as a security guard at a like a bar nightclub and the officer was like an under he worked as like a off-duty cop at for the security team that like the same security company that's oh wow crazy i didn't know me. that that's crazy that okay so but here's my point with that situation is like and this is this is also another situation right this is really difficult for me because um number one i'm going to touch on the fact that yeah they knew each other we're knowing more details a lot of the crimes that have been committed uh in the hands of law enforcement are wrong there's a lot of crimes to the public and to media that showcase that are wrong. And then we get more details and we're like, wait, what's going on? What's the, what's the real narrative? And that mm-hmm. doesn't take away from death because I firmly believe that as people of faith, at least for me, um, I don't hold, you know, death in my hands. I don't, you know, justice is not in my hands to the point where I can murder someone. Right. right. So I believe law enforcement is held to the same uh, measure. Right. But at the same time, for example, like Brianna Taylor, there's an argument right now with Brianna Taylor is that, you know, her boyfriend had been doing drug deals through her house. They had a no knock warrant to go into that house uh, because they assumed that there was a drug deal going on. They came in and Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shot at the police. This is their, this is one side of the story. There's always two sides to the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he shot at the police and then in friendly fire back, Brianna Taylor passed away and was, was killed. That's one side. Okay, because Go ahead. Yeah, from what I read, maybe this is completely wrong. I read a few different things that said they had a warrant. But and, and again, this may just be <clears throat> one side of the spectrum. I didn't do a lot of research, but that they had a warrant for an apartment, which was not hers. I heard that they went into the wrong apartment. And ended up shooting her while looking for a male. But again, that so the male was her said, boyfriend, and they were looking. Okay, so they for went in him, the right one. But they got her okay. apartment because there were reports that there had been drug deals in that apartment, but it happened to be hers. Okay. But again, like you're saying, that's one side of the story. So that's where things get really mm-hmm. muddy, and it's hard to play play judge and juror, and all of the above. But again, it all resulted to death. And that's where I'm conflicted. And I'm right. going, okay, I, I don't really understand. But I also know, and a very good point was was made to me by a really close friend of mine is, um, you're sitting in a car, right? Like, maybe you guys feel a little bit different. Um, but like, Charlotte and I are sitting in a car and we're getting followed. And it's fucking unnerving that we're mm-hmm. getting followed. And we're looking and we're like, we don't get followed often. Why is this person following me? And you feel uneasy. And then finally that, that, that car goes past you and you're like, okay, I'm good. And my friend made a point and said, now imagine that being your life every single day. 
feeling like you always have to look over your shoulder because you feel like someone's looking at you different because of a stereotype or a prejudice and then that being law enforcement someone that's there to protect and serve and that was sobering because I know that's true I've seen that that's like um anthropology the store anthropology has um they train their staff that if a POC a person of color walks in they are to say there's a Nick in the store, a Nick or a Nikki, depending on if it's male or female. And then some, whoever's closest to them has to follow them around the store. And that's been confirmed at different stores across the nation. Wow. It's crazy. Like that, it's, it's stuff it's like crazy that that just has to And change. I feel like even if, even if people don't intentionally do it, I feel like maybe just because of what we've seen or what we've heard, just, um, naturally you look twice at you know like like you said someone working in a store you know a young black Mm -hmm. guy walking in with a hood on and whatever compared to a 17 year old white kid walking in with a hood on you'll look at them differently especially if it's a town where i saw i actually saw a guy um this black guy he posted a video who said two white guys just showed up in my neighborhood where it's he said it's 100 percent black Mm -hmm. but he said i'm not going to get out of my car and go ask them what they're doing here. I'm not going to go follow them. I'm not going to go. And it's just so crazy that that naturally does happen a lot. I feel like in our area too, in predominantly white cities. Yeah, because, I mean, all four of us grew up in predominantly white areas. Well, Phoenix grew up in, what, Alhambra? Yeah, (laughs) I grew grew up with my Asians. But but you also have to realize, like, Asian people, uh, the older generation, Chinese people are very racist. And right. You know, I grew up with that. I grew up, and my mom's going to kill me for saying this, but, like, I grew up with my family telling me if I ever brought home a black guy, they'd kill me. And they'll never live that down. <laughs> they'll never say that they said that. You but, also call your housekeeper a maid. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> That's, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it, okay? She's awesome, and I love her. Anyway, but no, my, my point is this, is that, you know, racism or prejudice is taught. Yeah. You aren't born feeling that way so I think a lot of these things can be untaught or unlearned rather and I think that's really important and like to your point yeah we've grown up in predominantly white a white neighborhood like it's so funny because when there's unrest a lot of people freak out and I think there's a very big difference between looting and protesting and I think we should kind of go into that right now but for example, in Thousand Oaks, I'm sure you've heard of all this. It's really sad because I heard about this on TikTok first, <laughs> which I know for a fact if I see it on TikTok, shit's getting real. It's real. Yeah. Um, but this lady, it was actually on Hillcrest and Moore Park, which is these two streets that I was literally at. And this lady was in her car. I guess the real story is she brought out a taser to the protesters, mm-hmm. shot it at a girl, an underage girl. It missed. Then they started recording, and she rolled down her window again and maced her. Pepper, pepper spray. Or pepper what? spray, sorry. Yeah, pepper sprayed a minor. But here's... Was she... Was the driver a white lady? Yes. Yep. The funny thing is... I did not hear about that. We'll send you the video. Don't even worry. <laughs> well, and here's the crazy part of it all. They got it all on camera. They got her license plate, which, by the way, was a um, customized license plate. You mm-hmm. can't get any dumber. Mm-hmm. And so she gets arrested. But because of COVID, 
you can't there's a no bail there's a zero bail yeah there's a zero bail and yeah for the most part yeah. for sure and then she did get arrested she had her mugshot out i know her name i'm gonna say it because how dare you do that amy atkinson how dare you amy right i don't know who you are but your name should be karen you listen to this but anyway she... name should be karen. <laughs> <laughs> but she did this right and she was charged with uh unlawful use or use of pepper spray like it's not even like a weapon it's and like they didn't charge spray. her for assaulting a minor, a minor. there was no assault there was nothing and this just goes to show in our area there it's predominantly white and predominantly i hate the word privilege but protests aren't common no so people freak out and they don't know how to react they don't know how to react to feeling uncomfortable. And that's exactly what protesting is for, is to make you feel uncomfortable, to yeah. get your attention. Right. And, and keep in mind, because we live in a very, or predominantly white city, the majority of the protesters I saw in Sydney Valley, Thousand Oaks, are younger white people. Yeah. So, especially if, I don't know what race the girl was that she did it on, but... She's white. You know, it's just... People freak out, like you said, the protests and the looting, it's a very different thing. You know, there's definitely, there's a lot of peaceful protesters who are, you know, that's their right. And I feel like you see a lot of videos going on right now of um, law enforcement kind of freaking out about that and crazy instances, but that should not be an issue. You know, someone holding up a sign on a street corner, not in Thousand Oaks, they're not even really marching. They're just standing on the corner. (laughs) So for that lady to have the nerve to do that is, it blows my mind. I never, I didn't hear that. Well, well, it was super funny because my roommate, one of our roommates, she was like, my parents called or my parents called my boyfriend and told him that there was a huge protest that was out of control on War Park and T.O. And I was like, that's out of control. They're standing <laughs> on sidewalks, holding signs. They're not even in the road. No one's blocking the street. Like this is how uncomfortable this is making you that you're calling in a panic. It's and it's also group thought too. But this okay. So there's two last points I really want us to go into. Number one is looting versus rioting, which we alluded to, mm-hmm. and number two is the idea of defunding the police because Garcetti went ahead. Um, and took 100 to $150 million out of their budget for um, LAPD next year's budget. But in Min- was it Minneapolis where they actually did defund the police? We did too in LA. No, no, no. Completely. Like they are dismantling the police. I don't know enough to talk about that one. But let's start with looting. Looting versus <laughs> looting and rioting. So much to talk about. Um, versus protesting. My personal opinion is... The argument is that when you're looting and you're rioting, you're proving a point. um, And that is the only way that we are going to be heard because there is social unrest and we're sick of it and we're going to go for it. And a, a more higher intelligence type of argument is that if we're looting from big companies like a Target, like an Apple, then they're the ones hurting and they're the ones that are going to have to listen because they are the needle movers um in this protest and my friend told me this and i will (laughs) quote him he goes looters are not that smart so what's your take on this guys i mean they're first off i highly disagree with it um just because 
they're also destroying small businesses. Yeah. You know, and a lot of it, at least in, you know, that story in Minneapolis, a lot of it is black business owners that they're breaking down. And just the fact that they're, I feel like they're using that personally looting as an excuse to, you know, cause a lot of them, they're getting away with it, whatever, but you're burning down your own city. I get it. Maybe trying to send a message, but I just, I can't, you're burning down a store that you got to go to next week for food or diapers for your kids, whatever. And I guess I didn't think about it from the area of, like you said, big companies who are, you know, they're the ones who are going to be, you know, they're so well known that they're going to have to focus on it, I guess. But I personally can't understand that. And I don't think I ever will, but that's just my personal take on it. Yeah. There, so there, I was in LA today. Well, this whole last week. And um, part of my job is utilizing fashion PR showrooms and they have a lot of fashion lines in these showrooms and then I as a stylist go in and borrow these things to put on celebrities one of the fashion PR showrooms that I use was completely looted they stole everything and it seems to a looter I could see why it would be why you would want it because it's like a bunch of free clothes but it really is a small business it's somebody running a PR firm it's not you're not stealing from the brand you're stealing from the PR firm because now they have to pay for all that so it's like I just, I don't, I don't understand it. It, it makes me sad. I hate that it's being done. I don't know. It's one of those things that so, I struggle with. Really important to talk about because there's so many different little things to this. Number one, um, all right, we're intelligent human beings. Mm-hmm. Let's really concentrate that energy. Like you said, David, you never saw it from that point. Okay, big companies need to speak up, need to say something. If you mm-hmm. want to get their attention, okay, my social media warriors, here we go. Mm-hmm. Why are you not targeting these companies flat out and then boycotting sales online with this black tile, everything that we've done on Blackout Tuesday, these types of movements do that and target the big companies. Because now what you're doing by looting is you're destroying property, destroying people's jobs, your friends, mothers, fathers, kids, mm-hmm. you know, resources, If you're going to take away their jobs, you know, because their company isn't great, that's going to be, that's going to be impactful as well, but completely destroying it during COVID right now in a time of need resources. And then just having this blanket veil of a, of a bigger movement is not effective. The people you want to change the minds of are usually crickety old men and women Mm -hmm. that are trying to be phased out with their old people thinking right? Like Mm -hmm. my old generation of a family. So how do you approach those people? You don't do the things that they stereotype you to be. Yeah. Right. So it's really intelligent thinking. And then the second point I need to make is I have a friend who works directly with Nike. I'm not going to say her name, but she is very emotional. She's also black. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's okay. Like looting's fine because I wish she didn't say looting's fine, but she was basically defending the concept of looting because she's so emotionally driven right now with everything that's going on. She's like, nothing else has worked in history. It's been 400 plus years of this. We're going to do something. And I had to sit her down and go, you're extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. Why can't you take a fraction of that brain power you've used in campaigns, really impactful content, and then use that for change? 
why are you just using your hands and just screaming like a toddler? And I'm, and I hate to be so blunt and honest, but we don't reward people like little kids that do right. that for a reason. And I understand they're upset, but we as adults are supposed to nurture that type of behavior into something that's conducive towards a solution. And that's how I view it. Exactly. exactly. Because like you said, you don't reward that behavior because at the end of this, if they get whatever it is they're asking for, which it's, you know, it's obviously, it's a long-term goal of with the police and stuff, but to destroy something and then get what you're asking for after that, you're just rewarding bad behavior. And I feel like they, I feel like they know that's not going to help. And a lot of people are using that to take out their anger or aggression or just make any excuse they can to break shit or steal stuff. Um, and it's not going to benefit anybody. It's literally hurting themselves for the most part, but also everybody in their community. Like you said, their friends, you know, their friend's mom, whoever works there might be out of a job now. Small business owners who work their whole life for stuff are out of business for good because they don't have the money to get it back and everything was destroyed and, and taken. And mind you, the they is not just people of color it's also white people it's like everybody oh right? yeah about influencing the a lot of the looters are white. a lot of the looters are white what people. was that a lot of the looters are actually young white kids oh it's it's the whole it's the whole younger generation and it's but that's my point right it's it's this idea of just break shit and have fun i'm sure it reminds you guys of times when you were younger and you just wanted to like go for it and have a good time right but unfortunately it's under something that's very serious and a movement that does need to happen. I think there's a lot of beautiful things that have come out of this. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, it really changed my mind. It opened my eyes to a lot. And they say that this is the biggest and most impactful civil rights movement um, in U.S. history now. We're experiencing mm. that. That's crazy. And that's such a moving thing. But um, for time's right. sake, let's talk about defunding. So did you guys see that Garcetti... Uh, in his press conference said that he is defunding police by 100 to 150 million dollars and this is because in response to the fact that there have been a lot of rehabilitation I wouldn't say rehabilitation but a lot of uh, training a lot of people say it has to be like changing process within in order for them to improve but they said they've tried that and it doesn't work so Garcetti in response is just defunding them a huge lump sum and then regurgitating that type of or that the funding into schools and into the community into the underprivileged community correct to try to fix the situation i i'm mixed on this because i i appreciate that he's trying a different tactic because obviously what we're doing is not working however la is a very different beast than any other police station in america like my, I have a very good friend that lives in Arkansas and her husband was a cop in Arkansas and I would go on ride alongs with them and I loved it. And they were like a brotherhood and they were great. They were all super nice guys. Must be nice. But that's what I'm <laughs> saying is like, you can't defund that police department because they're still doing like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's not the same as like LAPD, which is obviously corrupt and not doing the greatest job. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm mixed on this too. Yeah, because you see, you know, I've uh, there's a couple police officers I watch on Instagram who do a lot of YouTube Instagram content, and you know, you say defund the police now, but 
when it comes to a time where you desperately need them and the officers are very few and far in between at that point and you know you're you're being robbed or your brother's got shot or, or whatever it may be no matter what area you're in and you got to wait 45 minutes for the nearest cop to get down the street you know it's i feel like something they could do is a lot of people are saying more training more um more I guess, tools for the police officer to use, you know, for the academy, whatever, rather than defunding. Because when you defund them, I mean, if there's less of them around and and you can't go based off of a few officers' actions. I think there's something like 10,000 police officers in LA County or something crazy like that, where there's going to be, you know, a handful of bad, fun, uh, bad ones, but you can't base all of them off of one or a few's actions. And I feel like to make an entire law or statement based off of a few bad ones is kind of a, a tough decision to make, I guess. Um, so, and again, I don't know the full logistics and details behind what they mean for completely defunding, but I just feel like a lot of negative would come with that. Johnny, what do you think? <laughs> um, you know, I just... I feel like it's not even fair to give my opinion, but because I, I don't, I, I don't know their side of it. I don't understand. I, we, I didn't grow up in a city, so I don't understand the, how the, cause every city police, every County is different. Like you're saying, like it's there. I think each County or each city needs to be handled differently, but defunding police, I don't see that ending well in any scenario. Yeah. Um, I think they need to maybe direct the funding and, to different avenues or try different tactics, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I understand. I can see both sides. I understand why both sides are upset and I just try to stay out of it, I guess. <laughs> let, let them fight it out. And here's, here's what I will say. If you're listening to this and you have any thoughts on this, or if you have any ideas or if you agree, or if you differ from us, um, we want to hear it. I think all four of us are definitely open to, um, you know, different ideas. And, and if you have information that we don't know or, you know, anything, definitely send it to our DMs uh, on Instagram and we'll, we'll all read them. So that kind of goes to the end of, of this episode, I think. But what's really interesting is we did get a question on our Instagram that we should address. And it was actually a response and a question. So I'm going to read this, guys. And then I want to hear your thoughts on this really quick. So it's Shayla Duren. I don't know if I said hey, that Shayla. correct. That one. You know her, okay. Hey. She goes, listen to this one just now, which was our last episode of Current. Uh, I have enjoyed all of the episodes. Two things. One, the girl that was talking about the reality show and the girls in Mixing Pills and Jolly Ranchers. That was me. Hello. And coffee. It's called Whippets. Oh, that's right. Whippet Wednesday, they okay. call it. LOL. Girls go <laughs> wild. Uh, two, uh, two, I have a friend who went to prison in Sacramento for almost two years, and he actually borrowed a phone from the, the Mexicans, and his cell got raided, whatever it's called, and the guards took the cell phone. The Mexicans said, you owe us $1,000, so he made pruno buckets of it oh and God. sold it to other inmates and then paid the Mexicans the, the $1,000. My question would be, 
What was your guys' favorite pastime <laughs> while in jail or prison? I know Johnny spent a lot of time in fire camp, but what would you guys say did the most to keep busy and pass the time? And she said, great podcast, everyone. Oh, thanks, Shayla. Also, Shayla, that was a great transition from the $1,000 to the what's your favorite pastime? (laughs) 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 Um, For me, like as far, I guess my favorite pastime, like what would pass the time? Like what would make my time what I enjoyed most? Mine's easy. I was a card shark. I played, I've, I've played thousands and thousands of hours of pinochle. oh my god wait what was the what was the like game of choice P- i don't even know what that is pinochle no i thought you were gonna say like uno you know pinochle is no pinochle it's a <laughs> it's a card game yeah like most okay like your grandma probably all right next pinochle. time you're next time you're down here we'll have a pinochle yeah. uh, but it's it's a pretty intricate game you only play with tens kings queens jacks and aces but you have the, the there's oh. a, it's an oh. 80 card deck so you have 20 cards in each suit so you have four aces and four tens four kings four queens four jacks of each suit and it's all about trying to get runs and cl- getting marriages, so a king and queen in each suit. And then the, all right, next time you and Katie are great down game. here, great, great. Based off play. of just that audio, I'm going to try to create some type of graphic. <laughs> Be like, <laughs> Pete, who, who came in? Yeah, for me, I I did so. A lot of people who play Pinochle in jail have been to prison because it's more of a prison game. I feel like, or so I've been told. I played Spades a lot, which is like a dumber version of pinnacle yeah. um it's like the elementary so i would play spades yeah it's a lot easier to understand and i I've, i actually to this day don't know how to play pinnacle but i played spades a lot but when i would get bored with that i would either just kind of watch tv or work out to stay busy yeah. um a lot of times we like go to the yard ball, play when handball, you're in elementary school handball things like that play just something basketball to... oh gotcha no it's like the it's like a racquetball um, it's like the size of a tennis big ball, ball. and you have a big concrete wall. And um, I learned to play in there. It was, handball, it was handball cool. Big big Damn, why didn't you bring it out to the second? Yeah, game? that's like the sport. <laughs> I yeah. feel like there's a niche there. <laughs> I played a lot of basketball. Some of the camp, one of the camps I was at, we had a full indoor court. And we would have like Friday night lights and everyone would come down we'd have the boom box playing and we'd have full five on five games nice. cool. that is pretty sweet. well all right guys thank you so much yeah. for tuning in to this episode of behind the fence i think this is a really good one this is actually probably my personal favorite um by the way thank you to everyone who supports us by listening to this we do put some ads in here and there and the reason why is because it helps us pay off you know our student debt and our jolly <laughs> rancher needs our whip it mine our whip it we have made one dollar and seven cents so far thank you so much we are rich (laughs) there's a 25 cent uh (laughs) transaction fee so guys you're really killing it um but that being said please continue to support us we're gonna go ahead and hit the ground running moving forward please send in any questions to our instagram dm us at behind the fence podcast and we'll be here to just you know make it happen 